this is 100% Ska, the almost all-vinyl, all-Ska pseudo-radio show, with your host, DJ Ride Midnight, spinning the finest songs from across the genre. So roll up the rug, get ready to dance, and let the beat pick up your feet.
Good evening, and welcome to 100% Ska. I am your host, DJ Ride Midnight, broadcasting as always from our secret location deep in the heart of Jersey City, and bringing you a very special episode uh, of the show. Uh, I've got our very first uh, international guest on the show, Martin Burstigen of uh, Wildman Rhythm uh, out of Oslo, Norway. And because of that, I wanted to actually format this entire show around Norwegian ska, because as I was starting to do my research um, for the interview, I was finding all of these amazing bands that I did not know about. Surprisingly, I did not know about them. And now I'm really starting to fall in love with a lot of these bands and getting into just into their discographies, getting into like the scene there and finding out that although it's, it's rather small as you'll as you'll hear from martin later on in the interview there was some really amazing music that i think you should know about so that's what we're doing nice and educational we're going to look at basically the past 20 25 years or so of the norwegian ska scene uh, and so of course we started off the show with one of those songs uh, and that was uh, chakras uh, with the song you name it uh, now i do want to say and i this is a full apology to anyone that is in Norway listening to this episode. I, I, I know I'm going to butcher uh, the pronunciation of maybe some of these band names, uh, of some of the, certainly of some of the song names. So check out the description of the podcast. Uh, so if you like some, if you like what you hear, check out the, the playlist, figure out which band you're listening to, figure out the name you're listening to, copy and paste it and you know, throw it into the, you know, YouTube or, or Spotify or Bandcamp or wherever to find this music. I'm probably pronouncing this stuff wrong, but we'll find out. So best of luck to me. Best of luck to Norway. I really hope I don't, apologize, I don't offend you uh, because your music is amazing. Uh, I'm really, really, I've been so uh, just infatuated uh, by what I've been listening to over the past couple weeks uh, in preparation for this episode. So let's get underway because I want to show you some of this music. I want to give you a taste of uh, Norwegian ska before we get to the interview. So let's get it started. Let's get this underway. And we're going to start this off with the Phantoms. They've been around since the late 90s, I think. My memory serves in my research. I think they, maybe, I think they put it at their first EP in 98. Uh, so certainly one of the forebearers uh, of the modern uh, Norwegian ska scene. The song here we're going to start off with is Equalizer, right here on 100% Ska. Be 
100% ska and your first taste of Norwegian ska on this all Norwegian episode. Uh, you just heard Skam with uh, Spilt Milk. Uh, before that we had M.T. Hamid with uh, Skabaluba. Uh, prior to that we had Hopalongnut with Magr Trost and starting us all off there, The Phantoms with Equalizer. Now, I want to get on to the interview here uh, with Martin. I think you're really going to enjoy this. I think it's going to give you a nice, a really lovely insight uh, into the Norwegian ska scene uh, and Wild Man Rhythm. They're putting out a brand new album. Actually, it's just out now called Pan Atlantic. And uh, let's, uh, let's take a listen to that. When you think of Norway and music, the first thing that may come to mind is their amazing black metal scene. But our guest tonight is trying to change that. And so with that, I want to welcome Martin Bursigen, uh, the guitarist for Wild Man Rhythm, to 100% Ska. Martin, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me, Ryan. It's, uh, it's cool to be able to talk with uh, guys around the world about Ska music, and thanks for having me. You're welcome. So I, I really actually want to start off this by just asking you to tell us a little bit about the Oslo and the Norwegian ska scene. As I was prepping for this interview, I was diving a little bit into some of the, the local bands and really discovering a lot of music that I should have known about, but I didn't. So if you can, just yeah, just give us a little bit about the current scene there in Oslo. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a small country, you know, we are four or five million people and back in the 90s when I started, I'm, I'm born in 1985, so I've been around the ska scene for like uh, from 2000. But in Oslo it's been up and down, but uh, it was uh, primarily the 2000, 2010. It was a pretty big scene uh, going on and uh, I, I grew up in a suburbia called the Bekkestua uh, nearby Oslo. It was like three or four bands and we were primarily the biggest bands out there. So it's like you can count the bands with with two hands, you know. But, but those who were, uh, those were pretty good bands. So, uh, I mean, Pence, it was a band that uh, 
And my, uh, I played in a band called No Torso, was signed on Asian Man Records, which is an American label. We started rehearsing and we listened to a band called Tense. It was a ska punk band from Oslo around starting in 96. And they used to play like uh, garden parties and all that. You might know it from the United States, you know. And we went there and we get inspired. And then we uh, got to the local shop, a little shop called Tigi, which had all these Asian Man records uh, and uh, Moonska uh, records and all these uh, compilations, you know. And we, we showed this things to each other and we listen to Boss Stones of course and all that and then we tried to incorporate that in our sound. It was a really tiny environment but it came, uh, it was the, the bands played uh, back then, they rehearsed like two, three times a week and were really going for it so it was really a serious business. So those bands were, were, were really good and it was a big scene before but now it's more commercialized and harder to stay, stay in there. So it's nice to be able to, you know, talk to people from the international scene as well. And how did you first, like, essentially discover ska music? Uh, I think it's a kind of typical story like you would see in the U.S. I was a skater guy, uh, and at the skate park, it was a, you know, like, social worker who played a lot of Bad Religion and all of uh, No Effects, of course. I think I bought the No Effects record, um, what was it called? Like, uh, All Out of Angst is one of the songs, at least. I was just, oh, okay, Jamaican music, okay, and then go back and back, and then Boston's, of course, uh, and uh, what's that rec- uh, record called again? With the uh, impression that I get. And, uh, uh, let's face it. Yeah, let's face it, of course, in 97. And, uh, there, and then I just uh, gathered some guys, uh, and we played in a punk band uh, first, and then we used some horn players, of course, like uh, the local... Uh, marching band from the school, and uh, <laughs> you know the drill. Uh, and then we were just rehearsing in, uh, in the basement of uh, the parents of uh, in the drummer's house. And then one rehearsal per week, then two, then three. Uh, I think it was just fun to get better at it. So we just rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed after school, and then we got uh, out there and played uh, also in the U.S. in 2008 when we toured from coast to coast. So that was a really fun experience because... You, you're doing this in a little basement in cold Norway, and then you just bring it out to many people there in the U.S., and all the friendship and all the people we met was awesome. Now, your current band, uh, Wild Man Rhythm, you, you've, you've talked a lot about the influences we're getting started into, which is like the Boss Tones and Toasters, the Moon stuff, all the great 90s, the 90s stuff. But Wild Man Rhythm is actually a much more traditional influenced ska band. It's all instrumental. Obviously, you're hearing a ton of influence from the original 60s, Gatolites, all the great uh, musicians coming out of there. Was that essentially kind of like the plan when you started Wild Man Rhythm? Were you like looking to create a traditional band straight from the start? Yeah, I mean, uh, we were actually a party band, uh, just playing Afrobeat and, and reggae songs because we were reggae musicians, mo- most of the covers, and then we just decided don't have a, we don't need a singer, and what can we do when it's just us without any, any voice or any front uh, figure? So we just found out that we want to go for the um, 60s sound, yeah. And I played in a band called The Phantoms, which also is a traditional band. And I think Wild Man Rhythm is trying to be more traditional, but also more eclectic because we're not puritanistic ska band. We're incorporating cumbia and salska and uh, monkish, jazzy stuff. And we try just to have fun again and just uh, do uh, 
we're not so you know uh, fond of sticking to the ska, but of course we're ska musicians as a whole, and then we have some jazz musicians in uh, there as well. So we just we're mostly ska musicians playing influenced by jazz and all other stuff. It just became like that, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I really do like the, as you mentioned, like the jazz influence and the Afrobeat influence coming into the music as well. So you get this really nice kind of blended sound uh, for everything. Uh, now, you're the, the guitarist for the band. When you were starting to play guitar or as you're continuing to play, were you looking for or have you been influenced by you know any guitarists either in the ska scene or just in general? Yeah, I mean, uh, you have that guy in Hepcat called Aaron Owens. Which uh, are, is uh, sadly passed away now, but he uh, was a really great guy who played uh, nice solos in ska. And uh, of course, Ernst Wrangling uh, is an early influence. And but also the third wave. I mean, I I grew up playing really fast ska and ska punk. So uh, Nate Albert, of course, uh, was an influence in the Boston. So I didn't knew his name. I just knew that that guitar player is good. Well, but I know it's Nate Albert now. But also jazz musicians like Wes Montgomery and rhythmical guitar players because, you know, my, my, my mission is to keep the beat and then maybe swap some things around and make some fun turnarounds. But I like those guitar players who have that uh, mess around with the small details in the beat. Oh, and of course the scat lights, you know, David James, and uh, he's a great guitar player. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of greats in the West Band train. I don't know his name, but uh, great players. Um, Void Union is a great band with a great guitar player. So. And David Hillard and Rocksteady 7, I mean, Dave Hahn, he is also I'm, uh, a great guitar player. So uh, I'm really influenced by those guys. Much uh, American guitar players. Yeah, and, and actually, I, I really appreciate like your your blend of influences because you know, you hear your sound in No Torso, which obviously is much more influenced by the the Toasters, and I would say like Mike Parks, like Bruce, Bruce Lee bands, so a lot as you're saying, like a lot of the the first bands that you were um, exposed to, and then as you continue on, you're kind of expanding your uh, your influence and and what is kind of like driving you know, what you're playing. Now you've got a new album out with Wild Man Rhythm. The album is Pan Atlantic, uh, which is currently available on Bandcamp as a digital release, and you're also doing a small press um, LP. Uh, that's coming out through Tiger Records. Now, I, I was actually really curious because obviously we've been in the the pandemic and the quarantine for the past you know 18 months and, and counting. So as I'm listening to this album, obviously I have all these questions about the genesis of the album. So I kind of wanted to ask to start, like, were you writing this album before everything started, or were you were you starting to write this album even after everybody was going into the the quarantine of early 2020? Uh, good question. This was uh, actually kind of right prior to the pandemic. I remember going into the studio like September or October 2020, and in Norway it was a, a narrow gap there, and then everything closed out. So we just uh, rehearsed like hell, and then uh, we just heard that COVID was going on around us, and we tried to keep on focus. And we wrote the last parts like August 2020 and right up to the um, uh, but also in the studio I mean we're a um, spontaneous, spontaneous band so we just we write parts in the studio or we have like teams and then we improvise and uh, we don't always know where to end the songs and we just go with flow so some of the songs are also 
like a skeleton, and then we'll just jam through and uh, press record. Uh, and then you, you just mentioned you were recording in 2020, since uh, Pan Atlantic, I believe, is your third album. So was this recording session kind of different for you? Like, were you having to, like, spread out more people coming in to play by themselves to obviously keep everybody socially distant? And how did that essentially influence, like, the, the final outcome of the album? Uh, actually, it was a really big studio, so that helped. And we st- stood around in a big room, and uh, we always do everything live. Of course, some people might uh, want one instrument, but for us, it's always live. We play everything at once, and then just press record. So we just decided to do that, separating rooms and all that. But in Norway, I think the pandemic was not so uh, present at that that time. People were uh, hearing about it, but uh, reading papers about other countries, looking down. But we are a small country, and we avoided it until right after. And then everyone started to, you know, social distance and keep masks on and all that. So at that time, it wasn't that present. We felt something in the air, you know, something is going to cause. We have to uh, keep focused and do this because in two weeks, maybe we don't play concerts in one year and we'll be able to play. So I think that was something in, in the back of our heads, but... We really just tried to keep focus and then everything closed down. And then we sat at a rehearsal space drinking beer and thinking about how the hell is, uh, we, are we going to go on now? So, uh, but now it's out pretty soon and I'm vaccinated and all the other guys also are so we can rehearse tonight and that feels good. Now you've, you mentioned that when you're coming into the studio you've got either a skeleton or there's a lot of improvisation as you are kind of developing the song. On Pan Atlantic is there any track that you are especially proud of in how it came out either because of that skeleton it was just like this amazing burst of inspiration that came out or, or anything along those lines? I think uh, the song Ikaru is a very uh, funny song because it's got a million chords uh, but uh, it was uh, you know, our trombone player uh, said to the organist, Martin, we came with a song with two chords, and he just said, oh, fuck off, man. You're going to uh, do some be- something better than that, and he just wrote like a partiture going from there to there. And it's uh, not that much in- improvisation there, but it's so many chords and it's different for us to, you know, it's, the theme is pretty long, and then you have the horns just wobbling around in this weird way in the middle of the song, and then we try to strip it up again, so it, that's a good pretty fun song. I'm liking also the Afrobeat song called uh, Mumbai Rhythm Train. And, uh, it's kind of the beat on the drum and where I play the offbeat in the last sequence of the song that was kind of improvised. So it's just, a, but we land on the same, uh, the, the snare and my guitar beat land on the same uh, spot. So it just kind of went well there. But that's kind of a spontaneous uh, idea. And also uh, having Victor Rice to just Hey, man, you are in Brazil in the fourth floor and board. Just try to dub this track and see what you can do. And, of course, he's a wizard. So that, that was also very spontaneously because it just, oh, okay, we'll just put that on the record now. And uh, it came out. We just did it in a couple of hours, I think. Yeah, actually, I wanted to, to ask you that about Victor Rice. So this is your, your first collaboration uh, with him. He mixed the album. How did that relationship come about? Uh, I mean, time and pandemic, maybe, because Drag, yeah, the trombone player and I, we were sitting in our rehearsal space and just, uh, everything is recorded. Uh, we have lots of time now because everything is closed down. Uh, and let's just listen to the records we like and uh, find the best guy uh, possible we can think of. And we listen and um, uh, talk and then smoke and drink and just, uh, of course, 
this is uh, the guy we're looking for. And we knew him, uh, of course, from before, but just wasn't thinking that we're going to send it away and down there to Brazil where he did the thing. But we just said, ah, we have to contact this guy because he's the right one. He knows this stuff. He knows our sound. And there's no use in trying to get someone in Norway to do this because they don't know the genre. We just sent everything off and uh, talked to him and... Yeah, very satisfied with everything he does. Yeah, he just knows what to do. Yeah, and the album just sounds so amazing. And I, and I love his dub track uh, as well that he did for uh, Tiger Town Lockdown. Uh, you've mentioned several times, like, you guys are a very live band. Like you said, you've, you've recorded live. That's how you record your albums. So you play, you're playing all together. And uh, if I'm checking your Facebook page correctly, you are just starting to play again for a live audience. Uh, you're doing some small outdoor shows. I have to ask, how how is it to be able to play in front of a live audience again? Oh, it's weird because I love it. I mean, but the first times we were like people on chairs sitting one meters from each other, and usually when we play, it's like people dancing, holding hands, and sweating around, and just being very, you know, into the music and dancing. But in Norway now, it's like you have to you can drum your knee like this, but you cannot stand up. Or uh, I, I guess it's uh, it might be the same also in the US. So you have like a jazz audience with like a big, what do you call it, and uh, glasses like this to sit and evaluate the playing. And <laughs> I think that's, uh, yeah, I feel like a jazz sort of uh, environment. And, you know, I, I don't know how it affects our playing, but uh, being uh, able to play for people, of course, that's uh, uh, almost, I almost cried the first time. So, um mm. Yeah, uh, but I hope we can have those sweaty gigs when people are uh, <laughs> holding hands and, uh, and uh, skanking uh, along each other. Uh, but uh, it will be a while, I think. So we just have to deal with what, what it is now and then just hope that we, we will have those intimate concerts uh, in a while. Yeah, we're in here in New York City, we're, we're just kind of getting into shows like we can be inside. The venues here are all now requiring vaccination to come inside. So it's people are getting a, are a little bit, you know, feeling a little bit better about uh, doing that. But it's still it's very muted and smaller shows. So it's like rather than having like four or five bands, you've got two bands, you know, playing. So it's smaller shows, smaller audiences. But we're we're tiptoeing, you know, back into that, and I, and I hope we will continue to move forward with that. So, do you have do you have any other you know shows coming up? Are you going to be doing any sort of larger uh, debut or, or release parties for the album, or even like being able to do a small tour around Norway to help promote the album? Uh, I hope so. I mean, the first stop now is, uh, like I said, I'm going right to rehearsal right now because next next week we're going to play on a ship that is uh, in a harbor here in Oslo and just to make a punctuation for the Pan-Atlantic with a ship on a ship uh, on something called Cultural Night here in Oslo where everyone can go around in the city and watch uh, music for free. So that's the first uh, thing and just land the release party and that's always uh, kind of uh, something weight from my shoulders. Okay, the record is out, the process is over, now it's the next record. And of course, we've been down to Spain before, and I hope we can go down uh, down to France and, and Spain, and of course also, uh, hopefully one day to the U.S. again, because I, I feel 
I think there's so many good and great people there and bands and I was there in 2008 and it was so much fun to get to know so many people and a great scene with great musicians so that uh, we just have to see if we can get some funding and, and uh, reach out to some people there if there's any interest so yeah oh i'm i'm sure there would i'm sure there would be interest i mean i'm i know new york city would love to have you to play i would love to see you play you know live i've been really enjoying just listening to your albums over the years but to finally be able to see you live it's like i don't have to maybe i can have to come to norway to see you but if you guys come out to me even yeah. better so so lastly you're in norway i have to ask about lutefisk <laughs> have you ever had it and and do you recommend it Ah, that's a very hard question. Thank you. I, I mean, I feel very Norwegian, but Lutefisk, I say <laughs> straight away from because every time I am uh, home, they just uh, make Lutefisk, maybe. Not often because my parents don't like it pretty much, but they do it uh, to be uh, polite and all that. Uh, but uh, recommend it. Um, uh, dangerous to recommend. <laughs> Perhaps the experience, the the one time. Yeah, and take a little, a little bit and just shoot it in my mouth. <laughs> I, I don't know if you have to be exposed to it in some kind of way, but um, uh, good luck. Actually, you have something called surströmming also, which is like rotten fish from Sweden, which uh, smells like uh, sewage. Yeah, very nice food here, normally. But but uh, 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 yeah, uh, try it, try it. Okay. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on my on my to do list, my bucket list exactly. Well, we we here here in America, I mean, you may you may know this, but there is in in Minnesota we have a, a there's a huge Scandinavian population there, and I think the dish is my understanding almost is it's almost more popular there than it is in in Norway. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, many Norwegians don't like to eat fisk, but uh, those who do, they're going to love it. And, just, and I think it's like that with uh, traditional Norwegian food. You like it or you just hate it. There's no in-between, ah, it was kind of good. No, it's uh, detestable or you really enjoy it. So, But I know it's a big uh, Norwegian population. Or I, I'm always wondering also if uh, the trumpet player called um, Rolf Langsjön, if he's uh, Norwegian heritage, I have to ask him. But uh, he's uh, uh, David Hilliard, uh, trumpet player. He's a great uh, player. But um, oh, Lutefisk, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. Uh, okay. Be my guest. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I will. I will move forward with that with your blessing. So, Martin, I, I really want to thank you, and I appreciate you stopping by the show. The best of luck with uh, Pan Atlantic. We'll make sure that there are links to get the album from Bandcamp or from the the record shop to get it. Best of continued luck, and I'm so excited to someday see you live. Thank you so much, man, and thanks for having us. And. Uh, Hi to all our uh, ska musician friends over there. And Mike Park. Hi, Mike. Hope you're good. And I really hope you did enjoy that interview. I had a blast talking with Martin uh, about Wild Man Rhythm and the ska scene over there about the, the album at Pants Atlantic. In the description of the episode, you will find links to uh, either get the, uh, the digital version uh, of the album uh, or the LP. Uh, now, of course, we've got to listen to some uh, Wild Man Rhythm, so we're going to listen to uh, one of the tracks off of Pan Atlantic. Uh, that song is on a jetpack to Cuba. Let's take a listen. 
Gång att träffa svigermor Ett skicklig monster Men sen en fotsätt Ett frejar gris Bara aldrig sett Svigermor var naiv Satt man ner på sofasin Och hade kontakt Och icke blomster Hur kom min mor på som en duvar Första gången träffa svigermor Ett skickelig monster Men sen är på tork Ett frejar gris Har han aldrig sett Svigermor var maig Toppan ner på sofasin Och allt med kontakt Och icke Du måste och du gräv Spör om allt som jag har gjort för Det här är mitt i värld Nej, det ringer ingen fjälla 
Ska, and continuing on with our quest through the Norwegian ska scene, uh, you just heard the Uptowners with Donkey Tail. Uh, before that, we had Skafrika with uh, Sviger Monster. Before that, we had Ska Patrol with a Sunny Side, and starting us off there, Wildman Rhythm with On a Jetpack to Cuba. 
for the next set here, I want to get into some of the more ska punk side uh, of the Norwegian ska scene. And we're going to start this off actually with one of Martin's previous bands, uh, No Torso, uh, which, uh, as I mentioned in the interview, uh, they had one album that was put out on Asian Man Records. They were able to come over to the U.S. to help uh, promote that album uh, back in, I think, 2008, 2009. Uh, so let's start. Let's take a listen to No Torso. This is Fatal Fraud right here on 100% Sky.
when I consume my daily bread, yeah. And my words does not seem to suffice their undermines, cause we wouldn't like to hear their screams. But these are the saddest ones, the ones to make us cry. Yeah, these are the saddest ones, the ones to make us break down inside. As I do every other day When I consume my daily bread, yeah And I'm all too eager to Ignore what I know to be true Cause we wouldn't like to hear their screams But these are the saddest ones The ones that make us cry yeah, These are the saddest ones The ones that make us break down inside ska that is norwegian ska punk and i think you can really clearly hear the influences coming from that the late 90s ska scene here from the u.s getting brought over to norway and just being interpreted for themselves there you just heard uh finishing off that set fence that was the song conform obey consume uh before that we had norsk rock with uh scar plod before that, Lame Ducks with Radio Wave. And starting us off, we had No Torso with Fatal Fraud. And that pretty much brings us to the end of the episode. I hope you really enjoyed this journey through uh, the past 25 years or so uh, of the Norwegian ska scene. It's been a treat for me to listen to some of these bands. You can see I'm, I'm almost like tripping over my words because I'm, so, I'm just so excited to hear a lot of these bands that honestly... I should have known about for years and I just didn't. So I'm just really excited to hear these bands and start discovering this entirely little, this little scene, but this little passionate scene that is happening in Oslo. Um, one day perhaps I'll make it there or one day perhaps we'll get some of these bands to return to the US to spread the good word of the, uh, the Norwegian ska scene. For those of you who might be listening for the first time, might be new listeners, uh, you can catch all of my older episodes on djryanmidnight.com. You can also, of course, find 100% Ska on all of the streaming platforms uh, and podcast platforms that are out there. It means the world to me uh, that you're listening, especially if you're a longtime listener. So thank you for that. 
We're gonna finish off the show here, get ourselves into a nice groove as we kind of exit uh, the episode. The song here from Rub-A-Dubs is Real Love. Thank you as always for listening. It's just a pleasure to bring you this music and we'll catch you next time. Take it easy. Something going, girl. You and I got something.